Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris. Uh, Today, we are winding out Galatians. Uh, We have this huge event, the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. Um, We have a lot of talk about circumcision. We do. So, if you don't like to talk about circumcision, sorry, we're going to talk about it a lot today. And it's not so much what circumcision is, but it's what it represents. This was a Jewish believer's, their their outward sign that they were a part of the people of God, and it became kind of the symbol uh, that they said was essential. A, A true Jew will do this, and so when... Gentiles start coming into the kingdom, they want to keep this cultural standard that they need to be circumcised. And this entire book of Galatians, the entire Jerusalem Council is, do Gentiles have to culturally become Jewish in order to be a Christian? And everybody emphatically says no. Well, not everybody. Well, that's true. Not everybody. There's a lot of people that are like, yeah, they do. Uh, it, uh, all the good guys say. All the good guys. I like that. Um, I, I, It was sticking out to me as we were reading over Galatians how much the concept of circumcision is coming up. Um, you might wonder, like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and it, I think it is It is sort of strange. Um, things were a lot more public in those days than it is now. Um, and so there was a lot of judgment based around these types of things. Um, and it makes sense that early Christians would have been wrestling with, okay, what do I have to do mm-hmm. um, to be saved? And we, we still wrestle with those same questions. It's not around circumcision anymore. But I think we do still wrestle with like, okay, am I good enough? Yeah. Like, have I done the right things? Have I checked the right boxes? And how much of the right things is enough uh, to do as well? And that's kind of some of what we've got going on here that, you know, one of Paul's main arguing, arguments here is like, if you're going to follow the law, if, if circumcision is required, well, that's just one of 613 commandments in the law. You've got to actually follow every single one perfectly, which is impossible. Uh, he's making that point that if you're, so if you require circumcision, you actually have to require the whole law. And then it's no longer salvation by faith, then it's salvation by works and by obedience. And so he's just using kind of some of this thing to say, like, you know, it's not by works, it's by faith. So circumcision is a part of that thing that is not necessary because you can't keep it all anyway. Consider the source here too. Like Paul has invested a significant portion of his life into actually preserving the law. Um, what, what book is it where he talks about being like a Jew among Jews? Uh, uh that's Philippians where he says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's like yeah. the best one that yep. there possibly. So he, he has lived his life to an extreme extent of preserving the law. And so it should get our attention when he actually becomes an advocate of throwing that out entirely. Um, because he now, as he's traveling from city to city and expanding and the gospels moving, uh, beyond this tiny little place, um, he's consistently telling people like you don't need to do all these workspace things you simply need to have faith in Jesus. And so specifically here in Galatians, remember that Paul is counteracting some false teaching that's yeah. going on in some of his churches that these guys are essentially going in saying, "Hey, if you really want to be a good Christian, it's, you know, keep your Jesus but you've got to be circumcised." Mm-hmm. So they're creating this formula. So Paul actually proposes this little interesting thing to them where he says, hey, if circumcision is what makes you a good Christian, why don't you do more? Why don't you go even further? And we've got this really strange thing that you think Paul's like 
just flying off the handle here and wishing bodily harm upon these false teachers. But uh, our version said, I wish that if you're basically, if you uh, kind of gain status with God by circumcision, why don't you do even more? And our version of what we said says, why don't you mutilate yourselves? But a lot of the the actual thing is, why don't you castrate yourselves? Yeah, these, you... these NLT guys are being kind of nice. Yeah. So, it, but in this, Paul's doing so much more than being angry. He's actually a brilliant, making a brilliant point here. Yeah. That if something small... He's also sort of calling him out in a hilarious way. Yeah. <laughs> if something small that you do to yourself physically makes God love you, God will love you even more if you do something bigger. Yeah. And now, I don't think any of these false teachers took his advice and said, well, that's true. I should actually just go the whole way. Just go to Philip's church. But I think Paul's making a point here is like, if something that we do, whether it's circumcision mm-hmm. or whether it's even some modern Christian things, if that is what makes God love us, if that's what makes us holy, then could we do more? So if prayer makes God love us, well, why would you just pray 10 minutes a day? Pray 20 minutes, pray half hour, never stop. If giving makes you, uh, God love you, why would you stop at 10%? Give it all away. Like, and anytime we put a work into a formula that says Jesus plus something we do, we eventually get to the point in our spirituality where we wonder, have I done enough? Mm -hmm. So Paul's really basically saying, hey, but that's not the gospel. That's a different gospel. Jesus plus anything is a different gospel. Paul says you are actually a good Christian. You are uh, adopted. You are justified. You are all these things simply because of your faith in Jesus. So he's doing this brilliant thing to kind of poke at them, but then also just reaffirm the basic message of the gospel. It's it's brilliant. So this causes, um, this message causes like a lot of tension, um, which we've already talked about some, but they basically, they come back and they give like their missionary report. I, I think about like when you, when you had to do your like mission Sunday mm-hmm. and like share your, share all your stories, they come back and they share all their stories in Jerusalem with the apostles and the church that's there. They're all super excited. Um, but like in the middle of sharing Sunday, these dummies in the back stand up and they're like, this is wrong. Like these people need to do the right thing and follow the law. And so this brings about like this whole council. Like yeah. the, so you're this, talking like, about Acts 15 now. Acts 15 now, like, hey, we got to get this figured out. Um, because I mean, this you think about all the cultural differences that are all converging upon people becoming Christians. There's a lot to sort out, actually. Um, and so at Acts 15, they decide, like, hey, let's actually get this figured out. Like, we need to actually produce, what, what they actually do is come up with a letter mm-hmm. they can pass around. Um, we need to figure out exactly what it is that's required to be a follower of Jesus and to essentially become a Christian. And so this this decision, they officially made the statement that Gentiles do not need to become Jewish mm-hmm. in order to become a Christian. And the main evidence they used was two things. One was that earlier in the ministry, we saw Gentiles getting filled with the Holy Spirit. So if God is doing this, who are we to argue? Mm-hmm. And the other one was like, look at all the Gentiles coming into the kingdom and the signs and wonders that are accompanying the ministry of Paul and Barnabas. So both of these were supernatural evidence that if God is blessing this, we certainly should too. Why would we get in the way of that? Mm-hmm. And this, yeah, this became kind of a benchmark in the church that mm-hmm. even though the church had already started to expand in the Gentile territories, this was kind of the the official proclamation that this is okay. This is good. They are full-fledged believers without becoming circumcised, without keeping the law. Uh, so we want them to follow some of the principles in the law, but they don't have to do some of these cultural requirements. What they come up with is actually pretty scandalous. Like they're 
there's a lot of people that could be offended by what they came up with because we're coming out of a culture where there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of <laughs> rules and traditions. I mean, 613 is just the, the actual rules. Ones, right. right. I mean, imagine all the things that didn't make it into the book that mm-hmm. are still like, well, yeah, but you better do it this the way. The rabbi says. Yeah. Um, so we're going from like literally books of what you have to do to what? Three sentences? Mm-hmm. Um so this is this is a wild shift in what's happening. And this is, it, it gets put into a letter and it gets carried to the churches. Um, and so essentially what comes out of this is like, yeah, all this circumcision stuff, don't worry about that. You don't need to do that. This is like faith in Jesus is what saves. Mm-hmm. And faith in Jesus is how we build the kingdom. Uh, what's hilarious is that literally tomorrow we'll see after this decision is made that you don't need to be circumcised. Paul's first official decision is to ask his new protege to be circumcised. Now, why would he have done that? Uh, I mean, maybe we can talk about that tomorrow. Oh, okay, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. Turns out, maybe sometimes you still need to actually make some adjustments based on who you're with. Circumcision that gets, doesn't get you into heaven, but it might open the door of the gospel, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, good. We got lots of stuff going on. Hey, there's a lot going on. All right, guys, we'll be uh, digging back into Acts tomorrow, so we'll see you then. Bye. Galatians chapter 3, starting verse 24. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ and putting on, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance to, for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call it Abba Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say God is God knows you, why would you want to go back and begin slaves, become slaves again once more to weak and useless spiritual principles of the world? You're trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things, for I have become like you, Gentiles, free from these laws. You did not mistreat me when I first preached to you. Surely you remember that I was sick when, you first, when I first brought you the good news. But even though my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn away. No, you took me in and cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Jesus Christ himself. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? I am sure you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. Have I become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. They are trying to shut you off from me that you will not pay attention, but you will pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right, but let them do it all in time, not just when I'm with you. 
Oh, my dear children, I feel as though I am going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. I wish I were with you right now so I could change my tone, but at this distance, I don't know how else to help you. Tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you not know what the law actually says? The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise, but the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. These two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenant. The first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai, where people received the law that enslaved them. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia, because she and her children live in slavery to the law. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman. She is our mother. As Isaiah said, said, Rejoice, O childless woman, you have never given birth. Break into joyful shouts, you have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want to keep you, keep the law, just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit. But what does Scripture say about that? Get rid of the, the slave and her son. For the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance with the free woman's son. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman. We are children of the free woman. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But now we... We who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well. Who held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever it is who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, that preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I, if I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not op- under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idol- idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. 
Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens in this way. Obey the law of Christ. If you, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourselves. You're not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for you're each responsible for your own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from their sinful nature. Those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the just time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Notice what large letters I used to write these closing words in my own handwriting. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you in your spirit. Amen. Acts chapter 15. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. Unless you were circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles too were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and the elders. They reported everything God had done through them, but some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. At that meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did us. He made a distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that all are saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among them through the Gentiles. When they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take them from a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted. As it is written, Afterwards I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles, all those I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago. 
And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food sacrificed to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood. For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.